Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians 3 verses 18 to 20. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 and 20. The Bible says this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. For as often I have told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. How many people would like some changes to their body? <laughs> That's going to happen one day in the name of you. We're going to have a glorious body. Some, no, it's okay. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is present Holy Spirit, without you, we're just going to listen to a whole bunch of words. But with you, Holy Spirit, this word is not just going to be another word. It's going to be a word that comes alive in our hearts and in our lives. And it doesn't just inform us. It's going to transform us. We're going to walk out of this place thinking differently because we heard a word from you. So come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us. Let there be nothing in me that hinders Speaking of this word, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak and to receive your word. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today on the subject, an eternal perspective. Um, The beginning of the year, I want to remind us of um, a really important principle that's found in Scripture. Uh, The thought is really quite simple, but uh, extremely powerful Uh, The thought is simply, what we do here on earth, listen carefully, what we do here on earth will have eternal consequences. Uh, The the thought is really quite simple, and I want to kind of build on this thought as we go through the message this morning. um, What we do here on earth will actually have eternal consequences. Uh, You see, we can live life with one or two perspectives. We can live life with an earthly perspective, with a here and now kind of perspective, Or we can live life with a heavenly perspective. Uh, We can either live our life focusing on the 80, 90, 100 years that God gives us. Uh, We live for the here and now. We think about what pertains to this world. Uh, Or we can live our lives with an understanding that we will live forever. And rather than live for the here and now, instead instead of thinking about now, we live for eternity in mind. We focus on what's Not so much important here on earth, but we focus on what's really important in eternity. You know, it's a little bit like life here on earth. You know, a lot of us that are quite young, um, we we, we don't think about retirement. You understand? We never think we're going to get old. We don't. don't, That happens to old people and everybody else. We're not going to get old. You know what I'm saying? We're going to live for, we're going to be eternally young. 
you know, um, amen, can I hear an amen? Yeah, 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 a lot of deceived people in the congregation this morning. So we don't think about retirement. The only problem is by the time you get to, in your 50s, you start to think, well, maybe it's getting closer and closer. By the time you're in your 60s, you're there and you're wondering, well, I should have prepared when I was 20 for this day that was going to come. And because we didn't prepare properly, we're struggling. We're going to be eating, you know, rice and pasta and stuff like that. Um, Nothing wrong with rice and pasta. Let me tell you, man. It's like a very good meal there. Right there, a bit of Chinese and Italian. We're done. Seriously. That's eternity. That's heaven for me. Um, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Wise people prepare. And it's a little bit like the, 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 the earthly perspective and a heavenly perspective. Um, and this is a theme that runs right throughout the New Testament. Jesus spoke about it. The Apostle John writes about it in Revelation. Paul made reference to this continuously throughout his writings to the churches. He was always challenging them to think, hey, don't, don't get settled here on earth because there, there is an eternity that's coming. Focus on eternity, not on the here and now. Notice the scripture, Paul, Paul is writing to Timothy, he's saying, listen, command those who are rich in this present world. Now, just, just for the record, there, we're, we're all considered rich compared to world standards. If you've got money in your pocket, you're rich, okay? So he's writing to all of us, and he's saying, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Great scripture there. Paul is speaking about wealth. He's saying God blesses us. God wants to bless us. And God wants us to enjoy what he gives us. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, Paul's not speaking against money or wealth or it's a sin to be wealthy, not at all. In fact, that's not the sense of what Paul is saying here. He's just saying God gives it to us. God wants to bless us. He blesses us for our enjoyment. But don't put your hope in your wealth. It goes on to say, command them to do good to be rich in, in, in good deeds and to be generous and willing to serve. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of that life that is truly life. Now, notice what Paul is saying here. He's speaking about the present world and then he's speaking about the age to come. He's speaking about two kind of worlds. There's the present world, the, the world that we live in right now, but then there's another world. It's the age to come. And what he's saying here is we can use our wealth or our talents or our abilities and our time. We can use it on ourselves or we can use it to bless others, to share with those in need, to do good. And when we do that, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven is what Paul is saying. So we can live with either an earthly perspective or a heavenly perspective. I wonder which kind of perspective do we live with? What, what kind of perspective consumes our thinking every day? Is it our earthly perspective or our heavenly perspective? Now, over the years, heaven's had a bad reputation, a bad rap. People think in heaven, people are going to be playing the harp. Uh, that in heaven, we become fat little angels with little wings and just fly around. Uh, let me just get this straight here. That's not heaven. Uh, that's hell. Okay, that's what hell's going to look like. Uh, we certainly don't want to go there, anywhere near there. Uh, heaven is an incredible place. The Bible talks about it for another couple of sermons. Um, and I tell you, we want to go there. We will, heaven is everything we, 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 we don't love about earth. And it's everything that we, we imagine. Um, and the Bible says that we're going to be spending a lot of time there. So as we begin this year, I, I want to talk about this. So as, as we begin this year, and not only this year, I think from time to time, we, we need to be reminded of the fact 
that we're not here to stay on this earth, that, that there is going to be an eternity, that we will all face that. And I want us to get a vision of that and a perspective of heaven and eternity. Because if we get an understanding of it, if we get a vision of eternity, it's going to change the way we live our lives. And it's going to change our life, not for the worse, but for the better. Because what's important to heaven is important to earth. And it's important to hear how we live our lives. We have a generation today that's firmly grounded in the here and now. We think about now, we want it now, it's all about now. And we want it quick. This kind of thinking is really dangerous. Especially for those of us that people of faith, it's extremely dangerous. It's a trap of the enemy. There's this hashtag made famous by the great philosopher called Drake, which says YOLO. How many people heard of YOLO? Yeah. How many people heard of Drake? Don't put up. Yeah, they're going. Shall I put up my hand? No, I don't think I should put up my hand. Uh, YOLO means, for those that are over 50, means you only live once. YOLO. <laughs> you only live once. And if you think you only live once, you do some crazy things. It's the philosophy of our age. Well, you only live once and, you know, just do it because you only live once. Reckless behavior, dumb things that people do because of that. Here's the reality. The reality is we don't live once, we live twice. Bible tells us so. You, 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 you don't just live here on earth. We, we, we live twice. And when we, when we, when we move, we, we, when we die, we don't just stop living. We, we, we just become alive into the next world. We need to think about that. That's true, then we need to stop and think because eternity is a really long time. Here's another great scripture, really challenging scripture. So, you know, just, just, just bear with me, but it's a powerful scripture. It's the truth. It's the word of God. I didn't write it. It's the word of God. Listen to what it says. Just as people are destined to die once, this is Hebrews chapter 9, 27, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Just a powerful scripture, and there are three really important truths in, his, in the scripture. First of all, uh, the writer says, we will all die. Now, that's going to be a shock to some of you, all right? I know. Uh, but the, the, the death rate is still around the 100% mark. So we will all die one day. Secondly, what the writer says in Hebrews, we will all face judgment. And that kind of sounds daunting and it kind of sounds scary. But just stay with me. The reality is we will all face two judgments. Bible tells us so. Uh, one of the judgments is going to be about what we did with Jesus. That's uh, essentially what's, what it's going to be. Uh, is our name in the book of life? Uh, reading through the book of Revelation, uh, it makes reference to the book of life and uh, again and again and again. Uh, God is not going to ask us what religion we were, how many good deeds we did, none of it. Uh, and, and I don't know in heaven if there's going to be a literal book. I'm not 100% sure about that. But, but the, the imagery or the example that we get is there is like a book. And when we get to heaven, uh, it's going to say, well, what's your name? And we're going to give him our name. And then it's going to see if our name is written in the book. That's the first judgment. Uh, I read about that this morning in, in Daniel. Daniel writes about the same thing. He says, listen, everyone whose name is written in the book shall be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in, in, in the dust of the earth will awake. Uh, some to everlasting life, others to shame uh, and the everlasting uh, contempt. Uh, but those who are wise will shine like the, 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 the brightness of heaven. Can't understand my own writing. Uh, and uh, you know, so Daniel is writing about the same thing. He's talking about that. That, that book. Now, that, now, that's the first judgment, and it kind of sounds a little bit scary. It's like kind of, you know, is our name written in the book? And I guess the question that automatically comes to our mind is, how can we make sure that our name is in the book? 
How can we make sure that, that our name is actually written in the book of life? Well, the verse continues, and here's the third truth. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he shall appear a second time, not to, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. All we need to do is accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that's the, sense of, that's the sense of Scripture. That's the sense of the Word of God. That Jesus is saying, you know, He's not going to come again to, to bless Him, but He's going to come to, to bring to Him all of those that are saved. Salvation is a free gift to anyone who will open their hearts to Him. You can't earn salvation. You can't buy salvation. You, 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 you can't, well, if I do enough good works, hopefully I'll get into heaven. You can't buy your way through good works into heaven. It's a free gift and all we need to do is ask. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He paid the price for our penalty, so we don't have to. And all we need to do is ask. And when we invite Jesus to come into our lives, when we invite Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life, then automatically what happens, the day we do that, the day we make a decision, the day we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our name is written in the book. It's called the book of life. That's why we call Life Christian Center. You understand, book of so if you're a member of Life Christian Center, automatically it's in the book. You know what I'm saying? Book of Life Christian Center. It's not true. Three truths. Three truths that are really important. We will all die one day. We will all face judgment. And Jesus came so we could experience eternal life. So we could a a approach that day with confidence. So I said that there are two judgments. The first, the first one is about heaven and hell. Is our name in the book of life? And then there's a second judgment. It's about how we lived our life. Again, look at this scripture here. Now, this is the Bible, and I have a responsibility before you to preach the word and to speak about what God's word says. This is his word. Listen to what he says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. That's the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He's writing to us that one day we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that we may receive. There's going to be a, a reward, the Bible talks about, for the things done while here on earth. Hmm. Uh, Jesus also echoed these words. He said, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they've done. There it is again, the same kind of theme. So here's the thought for the message, and here's the, here's the thought I want us to think about uh, how we live today. Some of us think, well, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what. It's all going to be okay. How we live today, the decisions we make, the things we do, the priorities we keep have eternal consequences. Man, it's quiet here this morning. Um, how we live our life today. Some, some people, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, well, it, the Bible tells us it does matter because there are eternal implications for how we live today. And it's a powerful thought. Such a powerful thought that the Bible even ends with the same theme. Jesus says in Revelation, look, I'm coming soon. This is, this is the whole Bible, okay? Uh, the Apostle John is, is getting towards the end of the book of Revelation. And, and obviously the Holy Spirit is guiding John as he, as he writes this letter. He's getting to the last few verses. Look what he says. He says, look, I'm coming soon, says Jesus. This is Jesus who's speaking. Look, I'm coming soon. How many people would like Jesus to come soon? <laughs> come, Lord Jesus, come. Uh, my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. 
Jesus says, I'm coming soon to reward people for how they've lived their life. Now, I appreciate that some of these thoughts may cause some fear in our hearts. You know, the thought of judgment one day, the thought that we're going to appear before God. Some, some, some of this may cause some fear in our hearts. Scared, scared about, well, what's that day going to look like? Come on, is, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, I think it does. And, uh, but there's two kinds of fear. There's one kind of fear that is, well, it's negative fear, it's bad fear. Um, some people are scared of God. You understand? It's, it's, it's they're, scared of, they're scared of God. And, and the sense that you get throughout Scripture is never be afraid of God. Um, one, one of the things that, that God said to people again and again and again is fear not, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I, I, I'm for you. I want you to know today that there are some of you who might be saying, well, I'm a bit scared about that, that, that coming of that, that day. I never want you to be afraid of God. That's not the sense that we get in Scripture. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There it is right there. That the reason why Jesus came, so that we could be saved, so that we could experience eternal life, not only life here on earth, but also eternal life. That's, first, that's John 3.16. John 3.17 says, for the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. We have a world out there that is saying, oh, God is an angry God. He's a judgmental God. He hates you. He can't wait to punish you. And it creates fear inside of a man. And that's not the intention or the spirit of, Christ, of the Scriptures. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He created you for such a time as this. And the greatest thing that we can do is just come before God with an open heart. There's another fear, however, and it's a good fear. There's a bad fear, and then there's a good fear. How many people, you're driving along beautifully on the road, and then suddenly you see a police car. How many people know something changes? There's a police car. And suddenly you check your speedo. Everybody got their seatbelt on. Um, please don't tell me you've got to put your phone away. But anyway, uh, you just, you know, suddenly you're vigilant. Now, it's not that we're scared of the policemen. You know, the, the, police, the police are our friend. Uh, we've got police in our congregation. The, the police are our friend. They're there for our good. You're not scared of them. You're not going to, oh, my God, you're a policeman and run as far away. No, it's not that kind of fear. It's a different kind of fear. It's actually a good fear that actually changes the way we behave. And it's not for the worse. It's actually for the better because you shouldn't be speeding in the first place. Mm, amen. good Christians in this church, I can assure you. Come on, it's, it's, it's a good fear. I remember when I was working at Meyer, um, I had my boss, he was this short little thing like this. He was really short. And, you know, we'd be mucking around in the, you know, us, us you know, youngies, we were playing all kinds of games in menswear and then we'd see him in the back, he's, he's on the floor. <laughs> Suddenly we'd be fixing the shelves and do everything that we need to do. Fear. It wasn't we're scared of him. I mean, we weren't scared. It was a respect. That's a good kind of fear. So if we, if, if, if we read these scriptures and it stirs some fear in us, I pray it does stir some fear in us, but not the bad kind of fear, but a good kind of fear that says, you know what, I may need to change the way I behave because one day I'm going to meet God and I will give an account for everything I've said and everything I've done. So today I want to give you some principles to prepare you for eternity. Three principles about eternity, three things that we can do. 
uh, first principle that we need to understand is that we're just passing through this world. Three principles. First is we, we need to understand we're just passing through this world. We need to be careful not to settle here on earth because we're not here for the long haul. Paul writes to the Philippian church. He says, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears. I love this scripture. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul. We need to understand something about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wasn't this touchy-feely, nice little, nice guy. He wasn't sensitive, you know, to people. He was a Donald Trump kind of guy, all right? And by all accounts, history tells us, you know, he was kind of short and, and tough, this kind, kind of tough kind of guy that, you know, he told it the way it was. I mean, he, when he told the, the church off in the early church, I mean, he says, look, don't make me come there and, and have to deal with you guys, you know, in a negative way. Uh, so he, he was this strong kind of guy. Yet in this verse, he says, there was something that was bringing him to tears. Listen to it again. For as often I've told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears. There was, there was something that was bringing the Apostle Paul to a place of weeping as he was thinking about the church. What was happening? What was it that was bringing the Apostle Paul to tears? He goes on to say, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. They live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. What was bringing Paul to tears? What was, the, what, what, what was happening in the church? i tell you what was happening. i tell you what was happening in the church. They were thinking about the here and now. He, Paul says, their mind is set on earthly things. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We do need to think about the earth. We do need to think about stuff. We do need to think about retirement. We do need to think about how we live. Nothing wrong with that. But I like what Paul, Paul says, their mind is set on earthly, on earthly things. It's where they focus on. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. In, in other words, their, their, their life is consumed by what happens here on earth. And it was bringing Paul to tears. Was weeping because he'd seen a shift in the way that people were living. A people that who were once focused on serving Christ and fulfilling his purpose, it was once clear. But now their focus was on earthly things. Remember, it was Paul that started this church in Philippi, and he and he saw this church birthed out of nothing, and he and he saw their enthusiasm for the things of God. And something now had shifted after some years. They had lost an eternal perspective. So Paul reminds them and he says, but our citizenship is in heaven as we eagerly await a savior from here, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is reminding them, listen, our citizenship is not here. It's not here on earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where we belong. We're just passing through. And I believe what happened to the church in Philippi can happen to all of us. We can start on fire for God, say, God, I want to serve you. I want to do your will. Use me for your glory. But over time, there can be this gravitational pull, this shift where we no longer focus on eternity, but our focus is here and now. There's always this struggle between, between what we need to do here on earth and heaven. There's this constant battle and struggle within us. And Paul is reminding the church in Philippi, and he's reminding us, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. It's not that Paul was getting angry with them. Paul, Paul was sharing a really important truth to them. He's saying, guys, listen, you're just living for the here and now. Just stop for a minute. Just think a little bit about what you're doing because we're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of another country. And we're just passing through this. It's just a holiday. Well, it's not quite a holiday, but we're just passing through. <laughs> Going somewhere. 
Second principle we need to learn is that our time on earth is short. And maybe we'll say amen to that. In light of eternity, our life is so short. It's important for us to understand that. Notice these scriptures. I love these scriptures. Um, James 4.14. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. <laughs> ah, great. It's a great analogy of life. You are just a mist. Gone. <laughs> some of you think you're really, really important. <laughs> some, some of you text like you think the whole world revolves around you. Uh, I hate to break it to you this morning, just in case you had any self-esteem or any self-worth. You're just a mist, okay? <laughs> I love this church. This is amazing. Summer <laughs> says this, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. Then the wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. Beautiful scripture. You know what you're like? You're like a mist, and some of you are like a grass. Flower, it's up. How many people have you bought, you know, your spouses, you buy flowers for your wife? Oh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. And the next day, you know, especially the cheap ones, they're the ones I get. They, they're limping. You know, that's how you know. That's right. You've got to get the good ones. Uh, as for me, it's just there's a lot of grass. It flashes like a flower. The, field, the wind blows out. It's gone. Psalm 39, you've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. How great is that? What a great analogy is that? You've made my life no, no, no wider than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. <sighs> Gone. <laughs> Psalm 90, you get, you, yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass in the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening... It's dry and withered. Life. So many of us live our lives like we're going to live forever. Nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't be going, oh, I'm going to die tomorrow. That's not, that's not a good way to live. But neither is the other way. The reality is our life is just a moment. You know, um, at church here, we, we do funerals from time to time. I'm always amazed. I'm always, I'm always amazed. Just... Uh, you know, we do the funeral and then, then there's usually a video presentation. Someone who's lived 80, 90 plus years. And then there's this video presentation of their life. Four minutes their whole life. Four minutes. How do you, how do you summarize someone? Four minutes. <laughs> and I think as we get older, our life feels like it's getting, it's just, it's just a few minutes, you know, we, we're here. Moses says these words, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I love this scripture. And that's not, a, 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 I know it sounds bizarre or sadistic or you know, crazy in some ways. That's not the purpose of the scripture. It's not the spirit of it. What Moses said, teach us to number our days. Because if we do, Moses says, it's going to give us some wisdom. How does it give us wisdom? It will influence the decisions we make, how we live, how fast we go. What we think is important and not important. If we understand that, that our life is but a breath, then, then we, we stop and think about the decisions that we make every single day in our life. Helps us to gain a heart of wisdom. And I think it's powerful. How, 
In light of eternity, what do, what, how do we need to think? We're just passing through. Life is short. And number th- thirdly, we need to make the most of every opportunity. To make the most of every opportunity. There are opportunities that we have here on earth that we will never have in eternity. There are things that we can do today that we, that we will never be able to do in eternity. There are things that we can do today that have a significant impact in eternity. They're the, the only opportunities that we have here on earth. So let's make the most of every opportunity. Paul says in Ephesians, be very careful then how you live. Listen, I love this. Be careful then how you live. In other words, don't take life lightly. Be careful how you live. I, th- I think that's a great scripture because some, sometimes in the, in the church, we've, we've uh, you know, th- th- there's two, there's two uh, extremes that, that, I th- that I think we need to be careful of. You know, the world said, oh, God is an angry God, he's a judgmental God, and, and he's out to get you with a stick, you know. And, and th- that's what the world, how the world portrays God. We need to be careful of that extreme because that's not the God that I serve. The God that I serve is a, he's a loving and caring God and he's, he's, he's you know, long-suffering and thank God he's like that with me. But here's the other extreme. The other extreme, and I've seen this more in the church than anywhere else. Oh, God, he's a beautiful God. He's just wonderful. He just loves everybody. It doesn't matter how we live our life. He'll just say, come, one day he's just going to hug us. That's just as bad as the other deception. And sometimes we need to balance this a little bit and say, there is going to be a judgment day where we will give an account for everything that we've done. So live carefully. Be very careful then how you live because we will give an account one day. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Paul is saying, don't take life life. Don't say tomorrow, I'll do this and that. Live wisely, remembering that everything that we do has an opportunity to impact eternity. And here's, here's, the, here's the great thing. When we live with an eternal mindset and we start to do things that impact eternity, we experience more joy, more purpose and sense of meaning. Jesus says when you give a glass of water to someone who is thirsty, you, Jesus says you're not just giving it to them, you're actually giving it to me. It's recorded in eternity that you just gave someone who was thirsty a glass of water. You know what happens when we give that person a glass of water? Not only do they experience joy, we experience incredible joy. And it's recorded in eternity, so does God. Bible tells the story of a man who was doing well as a farmer. He says to himself, I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, eat, drink, and be merry. YOLO. <laughs> God says to him, you fool, this very night your life shall be demanded from you fool. This is how it shall be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. This is how it will be with people that have an earthly perspective and no regard for God. This is how it will be for people that think about themselves instead of thinking about others. It's a great example here. Uh, if, if, if you were given $84,600 every day and um, what you didn't spend that day, you would lose. $84,600 every single day. What you didn't spend that day, you would lose. Gone. Two questions. How would you use that money? Some of you are going, hmm, it's not bad, you know. <laughs> I can think of a few things I could do. Uh, what would you do with that money? 
Secondly, wouldn't, wouldn't you do everything you can to spend that money the right way? I mean, you'd have a plan on how you're going to spend that money. You'd, you'd be thinking, some of you already got a list going, you know. <laughs> here's, here's the deal. Every day we get 84,600 seconds. Doesn't carry over to the next day. And every single day we have 84,600 seconds to bless, to do good, to help, to pray, to say I love you. <laughs> Don't wait till a eulogy to say I love you. Just say I love you before that. To forgive and to impact eternity. Don't waste it. Paul says make the most of every opportunity. Three things we need to understand about, about life. We're just passing through. Our life is short. We need to make the most of every opportunity. So in light of that fact, and we will spend more time in eternity on earth. If an eternal perspective is so important, then how should we live? Three things. Write these down. First one, be focused. Be focused. Therefore, do not, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What Paul experienced was not light and it wasn't momentary. He experienced some real trouble. But what Paul says, his perspective of that was different because he was achieving an eternal glory. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I love the scripture because so often we focus on what's happening around us. I, I, love, I love the sense of the scripture because what he's saying is, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Focus on things that have eternal consequences. Bible says about Moses, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to a reward. That's, that's uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the great chapter of faith. The writer to the Hebrews says, Moses had a perspective of eternity and he chose not to enjoy the pleasures of this land. He was an adopted son of Pharaoh and he had all the wealth and riches and prestige and power at his fingertips, but he chose not to take a hold of that because he was thinking of something in eternity. He was focused on eternity. We move towards whatever we focus on. You know, in archery, younger people, darts. <laughs> um, whatever you focus on is, 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 is what you aim at. It's what you're more likely to get. Played darts a couple of times. I always get the brick wall, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, what do we focus on? And the greatest thing that we can do is say, Lord, I just want to serve your purposes for my life. Just want to do your will. I just want to worship you. I just want to glorify you. I want to focus on God. I want to, I want to focus. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance. That's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on being like Jesus and doing his will. That's what I want to focus on. My mission in life, our mission in life ought to be to be like Jesus and to do his will. That's, that ought to be our focus. God will take care of the rest. Sometimes we're wondering, oh, am I doing enough? Am I, am I, am I, am, or, you know, we, we, we kind of get overwhelmed by all of it. Keep it simple, to be like Jesus and to do his will. And we come into his presence and say, God, I just want to do your will. You created me for such a time. I am your workmanship. You, got, you had a plan before the foundation. I was just thinking about this last night as I was praying. I was saying, God, I said, God, you know, I didn't choose any of this, Lord God. You chose it. 
He could have put me anywhere in the world, at any time in the world. But you, but you, said, you said somewhere back in eternity, somewhere way back there, you said, you know what? I, 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 need, I need someone in Adelaide in 2019. I, I just need someone. I got these migrants that are coming from all over, all over the world. And, and, and you know, they're, they're going to be coming to Adelaide to live in Australia. And, and they're going to come together and, they, and they're going to you know, worship. I just need someone to do a bit of work for a few years to, to, to take care of that. Who, who am I going to get? Let's see, who am I going to get? <laughs> and he saw this kid in the corner there thinking, that poor kid over there. Let me just, oh, I think I can use him. <laughs> I said, God, I didn't choose this. You chose it. I just want to do your will, Lord God. That's it. I, I just want to serve your purposes, Lord God. That's it. I'm, I want to I be like Jesus and do his will. God has a plan for your life. Oh, you think you chose to be in Adelaide and you chose to, to migrate to Adelaide or you chose to come to this church and you chose to be, you could have been anywhere in the world at any time in the world, but you're here. You're here by divine appointment. And you think, oh, I'm passionate about, no, you're not passionate about it. God has put passion and gifts and, and personality in you. Some of you are extroverts and some of you are introverts and some of you are painful and some of you are not. And, 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 and that's, that, that's God given, you know. It's a special ministry being painful, you know what I mean? Um, some of you have got a real gift in that area. And God, God has given each of us gifts to use for His glory. And you can use it for yourself, or you can use it for the kingdom of God. Just want to serve the purposes of God. Be disciplined. That's, that's, that's num, num, discipline is about I choose to give up something now for something I want later. It's a great principle for life. If you want to have it, go on a holiday, you save up for it. You give up something now for enjoyment later. If you want a great body, you give up the donuts now in the name of Jesus for the six-pack later. It's a great eternity principle as well. I, I, I could use this all for me now, but instead I'm willing to give it up for eternity. Last week we had Linda and Malcolm Bayless. Uh, who given up the comforts of home, served as missionaries in Indonesia. To me, they're, they're my heroes in the world. Uh, we, got, we all got our Christian heroes in the world and, and those people that are doing great things all around the world. These kind of people for me are my kind of heroes. People who are willing to give up the comforts of everything to serve in the trenches to make an impact for eternity. I'm not sure I could do that. I'm not sure. What makes people sacrifice like that? It's an eternal perspective. It's the vision of seeing lives change for eternity. It's about seeing people in heaven that might not otherwise be there. It's about choosing to give up something now for something we want later. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal by the grace of God and for the glory of God. Number three, be intentional. Paul says, since then we have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I love the word set there. It's a sense of intentionality about it. It's not just going to happen. You need to be deliberate. You need to be determined. Went back to the Greek word. It's kind of to plot. Set your, set your mind on things above. It's, it's to plot. It's to be strategic. It's not just going to happen. You need to, you need to, you know, you need to think this through very carefully. Reality is there's always going to be a gravitational pull towards the here and now. But we need to set our hearts and our minds on things above. What does that mean? It means we make a plan to serve. God has gifted us. There's a thousand jobs you can do here in this church. And God has gifted you. And you are a necessary part of this body of Christ. You're a necessary part of this body of Christ. 
And, but you need to set your heart. You need to make a decision. You need to be intentional about it. You need to give up some of your time to serve in something that will have eternal consequences and value. Set your mind uh, to serve, to give. How, mu- how, how many, sometimes I think, how, how, many, how, how much money do we waste on stuff we can never bring with us? And I know it's the money thing, I understand. But you know what? Why don't we sow into the kingdom of God? As a church, we've decided that 10% of all of our income is going to go to missions because missions work has eternal, everything that you sow into this church has, has, eternal, has eternal value. But, but we want to do some stuff in the mission field in the name of Jesus. I don't care if it costs us something. I don't care if we have to turn the lights off on Sunday morning because we can't afford the electricity. But we're, we're, we're going to sow into the kingdom of God. I don't care. Because we want to do something that's going to impact eternity. Be focused, be disciplined, be intentional. Paul says, for as I've often told you before, and now I say even again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Paul was, Paul was concerned about what was happening in the church in Philippi. And I believe this word is speaking to us as a church. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a, a disciplined word. It's actually a word that encourages us to stay focused on what's really important. And he reminds them, but our citizenship is in heaven. As we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if we understand this word, take it to heart. It's, it's, we're going to be thankful one day because, because we understood this principle. So as we begin 2019 to challenge each of us to live an eternal perspective. I've got a video I want to show you from Francis Chan. You're going to love it. That I pray is just going to bring it all together. Thank you. What am I going to look forward to at the end? I'm going to bring an illustration that this is like the first illustration I did. It was 20 years ago, but I can't think of a better way to to explain it. Um, I actually didn't use a rope back then. I used a remember a, remember a computer paper when uh, it was all stuck together. And then had the holes on the side that you had to peel off. Remember that? I remember getting a, a roll. And some of you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, which is crazy to me. But because uh, that was the best, you know. And um, and it never worked right because the rolling things. But uh, but I, I had I remember being a youth pastor and I put uh, that computer paper all the way around the room. And uh, but I'm gonna use a rope now because I can't find that computer paper. Um, imagine this rope. Okay, pretend this rope just goes on forever, okay? Just imagination. Pretend it goes around the world a few times. It doesn't. It ends at the rock. But uh, let's just imagine this thing goes on forever. Now, imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. You just exist forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on earth. You've got a few short years here on earth and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. It's all you think about. You're consumed with this. You go, oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save so I can really enjoy this part right here. And you're consumed with that. And you're thinking, oh, man, am I going to get to travel? Am I going to eat well? Am I going to do this during this part? And I'm like, are you kidding me? What about this? 
What about this? What about that? What about all this stuff? It's just, it's crazy to me because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And, and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can, Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all the stuff I could enjoy. And I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God. Because when I face him, then I don't get this chance over again. We get one chance at this life on earth. And it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this. And then comes eternity. And I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to spend my life down here. See, people look at some of my decisions and go, oh, you're so stupid because that's going to really affect this. I go, no, you're stupid because that's going to affect all of this. Man, I, I, I'm serious. I, I look. I look at the way people live and I go, wow, that is so crazy. You are so crazy. You're going you're gonna to do that right now. Just enjoy right now. Not even knowing if you have tomorrow and you think that's smart and that I'm dumb, it doesn't make any sense. Paul goes, I'm not going to look around at all this stuff. And it's tempting. It's tempting to all of us. That's what I'm saying. Down here, it's crazy because everyone lives that way. Everyone lives for the red part. No one's thinking about the millions of years afterwards. It's, it's just this crazy deception that we can't get out of our minds. And Paul goes, I'm not doing that. He goes, I keep my eyes on that. I keep my eyes on that finish line, and I'm going to forget what's behind me. I'm not looking around. I'm just going to, I'm straining, because I'm straining forward. I'm like stretching forward for that mark. I'm going to pass this thing. I'm going to live this out, and I'm going to face him. I'm going to come before the judges, and he's going to hand me that trophy. He goes, I'm going to get it, and I haven't gotten there yet. He goes, but you better believe I'm using every muscle, exerting every bit about me, because I'm going to pass that line well. Amen. Isn't that a good video? Come on. Tony Campolo tells the story of graduation Sunday in his home church. African-American congregation in inner city, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. Pastor was getting older, got up to give the sermon for the graduation Sunday. Young guns graduating. And he begins his talk this way. This guy's got the gift of encouragement. He says, children, you're going to die. They're going to take you off to the cemetery, drop you in a hole, throw dirt in your face, and go back to the church and eat potato salad. He says, then what good are all your titles going to be? Tony said that his pastor did next what only an African-American preacher can do. He swept through the Bible in five minutes. He says it was incredible. In Exodus, Pharaoh had a title. But God parted the sea and delivered the people. Pharaoh still has his title, but Moses has a testimony. Queen Jezebel was going to kill Elijah on Mount Carmel, but when it was over, the dust was settled. She had a title, but Elijah had a testimony. King Darius threw Daniel into the lion's den, but when it was over, all Darius had was a title. Daniel had a testimony. My Lord Jesus, uh, the chief priest, rejected him. Pontius Pilate put him on a cross. They had their titles, but when God rolled the stone away and Jesus was raped, the church had itself a testimony. And at the end of the book, John was exiled upon a rock, but he caught a vision of what only God can do, the kingdom of our God. And of his Christ will reign forever and ever. And Caesar kept his title, but God 
had a testimony. And he says to them, I hope you earn your titles. I do. But the question is, what will they all mean? They'll put, your, they'll put a tombstone on your grave one day and people will stop by to remember what kind of a man or woman you were. Oh, children, don't settle for only a title when you can have a testimony. And I pray that as individuals and as a church, we would get a vision of eternity. Come on, church. I pray that we would get a vision of of eternity. I pray that something would shift inside all of us where we would stop saying about thinking about the here and now and saying, I want to invest in eternity. We want to serve the purposes of God, influence our generation, store treasures in heaven. I don't know what that looks like, but I want to be a part of that. Make a difference in people's lives. Can you imagine in heaven one day, people are going to stop us. They're going to stop, aren't you from Life Christian? Yeah, I'm from Life Christian Center. And they're going to thank us because we invested in their lives. Because they're in heaven today because we did some stuff. We supported a missionary. We, we, we did some stuff here in Adelaide. We, we, we set up a church and people came and they, they, they're going to stop us. Are you from Life? Yeah, I'm from Life. Thank you. You don't know the difference you made to my life, to my marriage, to my family. I'm, I'm here because of you. Because of our focus and discipline and intentionality, that eternity shall be filled with people lifting their hands and worshiping Jesus. I pray that's going to be the testimony of our lives. I pray it's going to be the testimony of our church. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? You know, I was thinking how to end the sermon today. I was thinking of all these emotional, logistical manipulations, get you to do this or that. I'm not going to do any of that. I think God's word has been clear. It's been clear to me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's been clear to me. I can tell you, you know, I'm thinking always more about earth than I am about heaven, I can assure you. So I I just pray today for, for all of us, wherever we are, that the Word of God would would at least shift us to start to focus towards eternity and just take a couple of steps towards that. Now, I don't know what that step looks like for you. For some of you, you're living a life which is as far away from God as, as you can possibly be. And maybe the first step for you is to say, God, take my life. I'm not sure. Some, some of you are not sure if your name is in the book of life. Don't leave today without making sure. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I give my life to you. It's as simple as that. Pray pray a derivative of that prayer and you can be saved. Some of you have backslid and you know what that word means. Maybe it's time to slide back the other way. In the name of Jesus. And some of us, as we do an assessment on our lives, we are just so embedded here on earth. And it's time to make some decisions to be unembedded. <laughs> and start to shift our focus. Maybe for someone it's about serving. I just think about the team that serves on a, on a, on a Friday night, you know, feeding the needy. That's powerful. That's powerful. We're, so, we're, we're, we're doing something for eternity. As we give a meal, we're not just giving it to them, we're giving it to to Jesus is what we're doing. 
and we're busy and we're tired and we and we got stuff on and it's been a busy week and it's been this. But in eternity, we're going to look back and say, what an idiot. I just want to encourage you, whatever this looks like, serving, even your giving, maybe your money's all, forget, you know, God has blessed this church financially. Thank God. We're good. Okay, we're good. But you know, so often we spend on our, come on, let's, let's, let's say, God, help me, help me to take a hold of these resources and use it for your kingdom in some capacity. Maybe we need to speak to someone about Jesus. I don't know whatever it is, but I just want you to think and say, God, I want to do that in Jesus' name. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want you to think about it. Just make some decisions right where you are because that's, that's the most important thing right now. It's what you decide in your heart right now that's most important. There's a place for altar calls. There's a place for lifting your hand. There's a place for all of that. But what's most important is the decision you make in your heart right now. And the Holy Spirit has spoken to all of us today. And I want to encourage you to make a decision. To live your life with eternity in mind. And so, Lord, I thank you for your word. Pray that as we leave this place, this word is going to influence what we do this week. Holy Spirit, please let us not forget this word. Bring to mind aspects of this word. Father, you know our hearts, our lives, our priorities, the mess we're in. You know everything, God. Lord, I just pray that as we reflect on this, Lord, help us to unravel some of this. Help us to stay focused on, on, what, on what you want to do. Lord God, I pray. Give us an opportunity to impact eternity in the name of Jesus and to be everything that you have called us to be. This is our prayer and we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. As always, some of us are going to be here at the front if you'd like prayer. We're here to pray with you and alongside of you. We'd love to do that. Um, The rest, God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name. Amen.